Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little, and today I'm going to be going over a hand I recently played in a $2,000 buy-in poker tournament. Um, this is sort of an interesting spot in that I'm not really sure I like the way I played. So here we have 8-7 suited under the gun. As you can see, we are playing 2550 blinds, and I have 12,000 chips, so we are very deep stacked. Um, I decide to raise with 8-7 suited under the gun. I think you could fold it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You could also limp if you wanted to develop a limping strategy, but I am not a big fan of limping. I much prefer just to raise or fold all of the hands I plan to play. I think that makes your ranges much more difficult to play against. Because if you if your opponents realize you're limping with stuff like pocket threes and ace three suited and 8-7 suited, they can easily raise and then play reasonably well versus you as the aggressor. But if you put all those hands in your raising range, now all of a sudden your range is much more confused to your opponent because you're going to have pocket aces and ace-king and king-queen suited and a lot of other very good hands as well, so they can't just blindly apply pressure to you. So anyway, I raised 150 under the gun, and then a kid who I do not know re-raises to 450 on the button. He's also 12,000 deep, so we are very deep stacked. They fold back around to me, and at this point, I have really two options as I see it. I could either call 300 more, or I can 4-bet. Um, for poker terminology, for those who do not know, your initial raise is a 2-bet. The 3-bet is when your opponent re-raises you, as this kid did on the button. A 4-bet would be if I re-raise him. Um, it's actually a, a term that comes from limit hold'em, but people still use it today for whatever reason. It is stuck around, so... Um, the reason I would want to consider four betting is because that would look incredibly strong. And whenever you are four betting, you have to realize if your four betting range is only premium hands like aces, kings, queens, jacks, and ace, king, then you are going to be very easy to play against after the flop. But if you four bet with some hands like pseudo connectors, exactly like I have here. Um, you, you have very good what is referred to as board coverage, meaning that I'm going to have the nuts sometimes on high card flops and also on middle card flops, which are typically bad for a four better. So this is a pretty sweet hand to four bet. Uh, of course, I could also just call and try to get a good flop. Um, and folding is generally out of the question because my hand does have a huge amount of post flop potential. And this time it looks like I make it 1250. So a fairly sizable re-raise, but at the same time, it's nothing too huge given I'm out of position and we are deep stacked. And my opponent does call. So the pot's 2,575, 2, and we have 10,750 left. So uh, stack, this, the pot's starting to get fairly large in proportion to our stacks. I get a reasonably good flop, 964, two clubs, one spade. I have eight, seven of hearts again. And this is an interesting spot because if I had something like aces, I would probably bet the flop, but then check the turn to try to get my opponent to bluff. So I, I don't really know if I want to be doing that with 8-7 suited, though, because if I check the turn of my opponent bets, I'm certainly check calling with aces to try to keep my opponent in the pot and induce him to bluff or overvalue on the river. But with 8-7 suited, obviously that doesn't work. I don't want to bet the flop and then check call the turn out of position because I have no showdown value. So I'm sort of roped into playing this hand very differently than my aces. And you have to realize whenever you are trying to represent a hand like aces, you generally want to play your hand like aces. Um, 
So perhaps the best line with my draws and with my aces are is to just go bet, bet, bet. But that really does give my opponent huge implied odds because if he ever has a set, he can just call down and crush me. So this is actually not that great of a spot if I'm trying to play my whole range versus my opponent's range. Um, if I'm trying to play my exact hand, I think this is a fairly easy spot to bet the flop and then bet most turns with my open-ended straight draw. But you have to realize, I'm going to have an open-ended straight draw here almost never. And... I guess when I do, it's not that bad to get a little bit out of line and play the hand somewhat face up. But obviously, you never want to be in a scenario where you are playing your hand blatantly face up, or at least as your opponent thinks you would play it face up. I do think I need to start with a bet, though. I could also check. Um, so if I check and my opponent bets, I would certainly check raise. My replayer's messing up a bit. <laughs> anyway, I, I decided to bet 1400 on the turn, and my opponent did call. I think if I check the turn of my opponent bet something like 1,400, I can then check raise, and I'd probably check raise all in. And the problem with that play is that, again, I don't think I'm ever doing that with aces. I actually don't think it's that bad of a line with aces, because if I do have aces and my opponent has nine, sixes, or fours for a set, I'm going to pay him off for the whole stack no matter how it goes. So I'm just sort of resigning to the fact that I will be going broke in that scenario. Um, but but I do get my opponent to perhaps throw out one stab because maybe I would check fold this with ace king, and um, so I, I actually think check raising would be a pretty sweet play because then my check raising range contains some semi bluffs and it also contains some value hands like aces. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, and looking back at this now that I'm I'm thinking about it more, if this kid I don't know, if I perceive him to be pretty good, I probably want to be taking the exact one exact line with all of my hands just to make me very difficult to play against. So I actually do think the check shoving all in on the flop is probably ideal. And it's sort of interesting that as I sat here and reasoned this out, I went from thinking that perhaps betting with aces is fairly obvious on the flop to thinking that it is perhaps better just to check shove or maybe even check raise small and then shove turn. That could be pretty sweet. Say I check the flop, he bets 1,400. I check raise to 3,000 and then jam the turn. That could be even better Um, because maybe it puts an extra... 1,600 chips for my opponent in the pot. But yeah, this is an interesting hand. Um, I think this is a spot that a lot of people sort of blindly go through, but I guess, to be fair, most people probably aren't blindly four-betting the 8-7 suited under the gun. So anyway, I bet 1,400 the opponent calls. Turn is a three of spades. And at this point, I again have to ask myself, would I bet with aces? And I actually think that betting with aces is probably not a great play. And the reason for that is because if my opponent does have a set now, he's just has me completely on the hook. But if I check the turn, he could easily think that I have something like ace-king and I'm giving up, or maybe even something like pocket sevens and I'll fold, or maybe even pocket tens and I'll fold. So if I had aces, I would want to give my opponent the opportunity to bluff. But at the same time, maybe that's just optimistic, and I should, should just continue betting with pocket aces. But that really does. I, I never really want to set myself up to be in a huge reverse implied odds spot. I, I always want to make it to where um, I, I'm allowing my opponent to have some bluffs in his range. And by continuing to fire the turn, I make it really hard for my opponent to bluff. And that's not a good thing when you have aces. It's it's sweet when you have 8-7 suited, but it's not good when I have aces. And I do, I, I do recognize that I'm going to have mostly aces, kings, and queens, and jacks in my range in this scenario. And for that reason, I, I really do not like this line that I took. I think check shoving the nine six four flop would be better. And obviously, we're giving we we are giving our opponents huge implied odds, and we but we do get him to put in some amount of money on the flop 
with um, likely a marginal range because a lot of people will just take a stab at the flop whenever you check to them, especially aggressive players who are three betting under the gun raisers and then calling three bets. Um, this hand, I, w- I guess I should make it clear, it would play out very differently if my initial opponent was very tight or an, an older player who was snug enough. So if, if I raised under the gun with 8-7 suited and a button tighter player re-raised me, I would almost certainly call. But against someone who is aggressive, who I, or who I expect to be aggressive, I am happy with this line. But yeah, check-raise flop, I think that would be a little bit sweeter than what I did. I recently put out a new book, Jonathan Little's Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. If you are watching my video at jonathanlowpoker.com or on YouTube, you can see the cover. It actually has a ton of very well-respected poker players and authors involved, including players like Olivier Bousquet, Phil Helmuth, Scott Clements. Um, All these players, they made final tables at the World Series this year. Actually, so did Mike Sexton. I made a final table as well. And the people are loving the book. The book is a very large book, roughly 500 pages. Um, and you can get it at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash buyexcelling, B-U-Y-E-X-C-E-L-L-I-N-G. We're actually going to be doing a lot of free webinars. Each author involved in this book will be doing a free webinar over the course of the next year and a half or so. And I want to make sure you guys get access to that. So definitely go to jonathanlittlepoker.com and sign up for my email list. And also you can go to holdembook.com, H-O-L-D-E-M-B-O-O-K.com to sign up for the free webinar. So make sure you do that. If you guys enjoy Weekly Poker Hand, which hopefully you do if you're still here 52 weeks in, um, you'll definitely enjoy these uh, free webinars that we will be hosting throughout the next year. So definitely sign up at holdembook.com and you can get Excelling at No Limit Hold'em at jonathanlopoker.com slash excelling. So check it out, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you all very much for being here for one whole year with me, 52 weeks in. And we're going to keep doing the podcast, so be sure to check back next week.